Welcome to the Business of Open Source. Every week, we explore different aspects of the relationship between money and open source software, talking with industry experts about monetizing open source projects, building a company around an open source or several open source projects, and the business value that open source provides. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the Business of Open Source. I am your host, Emily O'Meara, and today I am chatting with Fabian Pangars, who is the founder and CEO of Odoo. Thank you so much for joining me, Fabian. Hello, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Let's start out with introducing yourself and introducing Odoo for any listeners who haven't heard of it. So I'm the founder and the CEO of Odoo. It's a company I started uh, after the university. Odoo uh, is a suite of business apps to manage all your business activities, from CRM to accounting, inventory management. We have uh, dozens of business apps to run all the company needs. Uh, we are a company of 2,400 employees and grow very fast at 60% per year. Wow. And tell me a little bit about how you ended up here. My, my first question is actually, you know, why when you finished university, you didn't just go get a job? I've always been passionate about open source. Everything I used was open source. So I wanted to produce and contribute myself. So I developed a lot of systems while I was a student. And one of them was this management software for a very niche market at the time, which was auction houses. But I, I wanted to expand it to more generic companies. Right away after the university, I, I started working on a do, recruiting my first employees. From there, we, we started small as a service company, and then we grew up to uh, being what we are today, a software vendor with a cloud offer and, and an on-premise offer. Why would you start with a, an offering specifically for auction houses, and why, why was it open source? When you are young kids, you, you uh, jump on the opportunities you, 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 you get. So my father uh, was running an auction house, so I started to sell to the friends of my father's. But it turns out it's a very bad market because these guys don't have money. So it was good to start with, but I had to uh, pivot to another market very quickly if I wanted to grow. So I started there. It allows me to get my first customer. And then from there, I built some generic applications like accounting, inventory management, and then went to more traditional companies. And why open source? It's my passion. I, uh, initially, it was just out of uh, philosophy. It took me 15 years to get the right business model. So until 2015, we were still not profitable, looking for the right model because it's very hard to be profitable while we are open source. So um, we started as a service company, so selling the services, but developing the software. So we had the cost of, of a software vendor, but the revenue of a service company. Then we pivoted to a maintenance uh, model where we were the software was open source and we were uh, selling maintenance. So if you wanted some upgrades or bug fixes or support to customer, uh, it was quite good. It allowed us to go to 200, 300 employees. But it turns out that uh, after one year, the customer stopped to buy the subscription because the software was working. So why should they pay for the maintenance? So at some point, we had to do a pivot in the business model and we pivoted open core business model where 80% of our applications are open source and 20% are extra applications that are for a fee. And that's where Odoo became financially sustainable. And that was a few years ago. So how old is Odoo? Uh, I, it depends on we count, but uh, I really started in 2014. Yeah. Sorry, so it's 2004, not 14. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, how did you... Yeah, it's uh, less than, a bit less than 20 years. 
So tell me like a little bit more in into that evolution. Like how did you keep yourself afloat for so long while you were looking for the right business model? I believe the success of Fodu has been the product. So we have a strong growth of 60, 60 plus percent growth per year on average over the past 15 years. And we succeeded to do that because the product was exceptional. It was much better than what, than what you can find on the market. And so the product was pulling everything. It was pulling the sales, the marketing, the huge community we had were thanks to the product. The All the leads we get uh, to help our salespeople were thanks to the product. The success of Odoo can be summarized on doing a, a disruptive product and keeping innovative, innovative on the product uh, year after year. You mentioned you know, open source not being a business model. This is something I I've hear from people often with a lot of experience with open source businesses. And I think it's something that those with less experience don't really buy into. What makes you say that? And, and what exactly do you mean when you say open source is a development model, but not a business model? It's a great development model first, because it allows you to build the product with the community, have a lot of contributions all around the world, get feedbacks from everywhere. So as a development model, uh, it's very efficient because you, you can leverage on those contributions. But being open source doesn't allow you or doesn't help you uh, to sell more. It's actually the opposite because as the software is free, you have a lot of free user, which is good. It provides marketing, but it's also create a complexity to monetize. And so in order to monetize, you need to find something else. Could be uh, selling a distribution of the binaries like uh, Red Hat is doing. Or for us, it was doing an open core. So adding a few applications on top of all the open source applications that are for a fee. And I really tried. I grew the company to a few hundred people whilst being 100% open source, not a single line of code that was proprietary. It, it didn't work. I mean, at some point, we couldn't uh, get the revenue to pay, to pay off our, our developers. So we had to do the pivot uh, in the business model because yeah, the, all the other models we tried were, were not sustainable, at least at large scale. It's possible to develop and live from that if you have a few uh, developers, but once you get uh, hundreds of developers, it's, it's way more difficult. And what do you recommend to somebody who's at the very beginning of this journey? Are there business models that you would say like that just don't work, like the support model that you found? You know, did, Do you think that didn't work just for you or that just in general, that's not one that you should probably pursue? It's very hard for to sell support because when you when someone writes to the support, he's angry by the, by default. Something's not working. He has a bug, and it's very hard to build a business model based on on all the problems of the people, because it, it requires that you are high high level quality. It's it, there is no subscription, so no recurring revenues. So it, it, it's very hard. It didn't work for us. I don't want to say that it won't work for everyone, but for us at least, it didn't work at all. But I don't regret the past we have had because uh, we, we needed to, to build a product and to build a large community before monetizing the way we did. So even though we didn't have the right business model at the beginning, I'm not sure it would have been much better if we started with the right business model. You also mentioned fundraising, that like the challenges of fundraising. Did you get venture funding? Yes, uh, not a lot. We did... Two rounds, uh, one with 3 millions of euro and one with 7.4 millions of euro. So all in all, we just raised 10 millions of euro uh, over the life of Odoo, which at the same time is a lot of money, but uh, compared to the size of the company today, it's, it's not a lot. You mentioned that there are sometimes challenges in, in terms of keeping ownership. What, what do you mean by that? 
uh, one of the, the key things we did at Todo is for me to keep the ownership uh, so that I can decide on everything, even, even when our business model was not good, where we were fully open source and it didn't work perfectly, but the, the product was not mature enough. I could decide uh, on everything. It, I think it's, it saved the company. And I succeeded to do that because I did the first fundraising very late in the, the life of the company. We already had a few hundred employees. We were self-sustained, Nebel, so we, we had good revenues. And it's not only at that time that I did my first fundraising of 2 million of euros. And because of that, I still have the majority of Odoo today, which is very comfortable. So we can, we can take very hard decisions without having to ask the validation of the board. For instance, we plan to decrease our price because that's, the, that's the, how we, we see our, our strategy is to say uh, we, we want to make uh, management software become affordable to everyone. So we plan to decrease our price for all our customers. Only a few board members would agree on that. But because we have the ownership, we, we, we can take such decisions very easily. There are many board members who just wouldn't have had the patience for 10 years. Over, over the past 15 years... I believe we have had seven years close to bankruptcy. So it was very hard. We did not have the right business model. We had a great product. We had a great community. But monetization was very hard. We did not have the great business model. We were growing a lot and growing cost money. So there, there were a lot of tensions in the board. And sometimes they did not understand what we were trying to do because what we do is the kind of things that you build over 10 years, not two years or four years. It's, it's really uh, advanced. Because we, we, we kept the ownership, we could build on this very long-term vision without having to, to take very harsh decisions because uh, the, the board didn't see the direct results. How is that from a mindset perspective? How do you keep going forward when half of the life of the company you've been sort of teetering on bankruptcy? <laughs> you have no other options. So you have to fight because the only other option is to close the company and we didn't want to do that. Even though we didn't have money uh, and, and cash, the, the product we developed, the community, and even the revenues were growing very fast. So most of the KPIs were, were positive. It's just that we didn't have uh, the right business model at the time, but we did not understand it at the time. But we, did, we still had things to find and to improve, but the rest was positive. It's just that the situation were, was very risky because of the, the cash tension. We could perceive, uh, as a uh, Odoo employee, we perceived the potential of the product, but it was very hard to convince financial people who were more analyzing based on the results, uh, on the profit and loss and the EBITDA, that uh, we were into something. When you say that the product is everything, that the product is, you know, your marketing, your sales, everything, what exactly does that mean? Can you sort of unpack that? I believe open source is like a fully transparent market. You can typically have differentiation policy in, in, in the open source. Uh, so because everyone downloads and tests the product before using it, there will be a concentration effect on the best product amongst the open source ones. In the proprietary software, it's different. You can sell products to larger companies based on slides, on promise of services. or And so when people buy SAP or Oracle or Microsoft Dynamics, who are our competitors, they don't really test the software. When you have an open source product, everyone tests and play with your software before deciding to move forward with it. So it's a transparent market, which is at the same time good and, and, and bad. Because it's a transparent market, I believe that there is a consolidation effect where the leaders takes all. The, the best open source product gets all the attraction, and the more attraction you get, the, the faster you grow. The larger your community, the more contribution you get. So they are like a virtuous cycle uh, that helps the leader. But it's more difficult to be the second 
or the third player uh, in the open source world, as opposed to the uh, proprietary software where you can develop poly differentiation policies. It's good because if you are a leader in your category, you can attract the world. But it's hard because if you are not the leader, you have to fight very hard until you get to that position to, to be successful. And do you see Odoo as being sort of fundamentally in a different category as your direct competitors like Microsoft or, or SAP because you're open source? I still believe that uh, all these management software failed, at least for the small and mid-sized companies, because the equipment rate today of, in small and mid-sized companies is less than 20%. They do have management software, so they probably have uh, QuickBooks for accounting and then PrestaShop for the e-commerce and then spreadsheets for the inventory. And they have plenty of different software, but nothing integrated. SAP tried, Microsoft Dynamics tried to reach the SMEs, but nobody succeeded. Because SMEs are very complex. They have a lot of needs. They, they work in different countries. They have a marketing department, an accounting department, an inventory department. They have plenty of activities, but they don't have a large budget. So you need to be extremely efficient to deliver to, to the mid-sized and the small companies. And that's where Odoo starts to succeed, where everyone fails. So I believe we are doing something that pretty much every other failed. And also for the large companies, uh, the, we also are very different from the others because pretty much all these competitors like SAP, Oracle, or Microsoft, their users complain about the product. And we do have very happy users. So we have a different approach to management software. They build software for manager. We build software for every user in the company so that they get more productive. And that makes us very different from them. So all in all, we are extremely different. We are in a special category. It's just that we are very small compared to them. We do less than 0.1% of the market. So we still have to prove we can scale that to something much bigger. I think it's interesting pointing out the challenges of the SMB market Often I hear companies uh, or founders wanting to only go for enterprise, but it sounds like you've really thought through what are the specific needs of smaller companies who are not necessarily small. One thing I'm convinced of is that open source is about the masses. Open source is a model where you need a lot to have millions of users because only a part of these users uh, will pay you. If you want the mass, it's easier to work with small and mid-sized companies rather than enterprises. We do both. We also have a department that works with very large companies. But in all gene, we do prefer the small and the mid-size because the market is basically empty. Everybody failed on this market. At least all the integrated management software. You have plenty of applications, but nothing integrated. On the large companies, it's quite the opposite. It's a saturated market. Everyone has SAP, and so it's only replacement markets. So the only way to get a customer is to replace an SAP, which is way harder than going for the free and the market of small and mid-size companies. Something which is also very specific about Odoo compared to other open source software is I believe we are one of the only one uh, open source softwares that does not target IT people or developers. Our customers are accountant, uh, project manager, HR, but business people rather than uh, technical people. Has that always been the case? It has always been the case, uh, except that at the beginning, our partners, so the people reselling our software, the service on our software, were very IT-minded company. In the beginning of Odoo, uh, the partner network was mostly open source service companies that decided to extend their offer with Odoo. So they were selling, I don't know, WordPress and IT services, and they decided to extend that to business software with Odoo. Nowadays, it started to change. We have also in our partner network a lot of companies, more than 50%, who came from the business side, so ex-sellers of SAP or Oracle that decided to position themselves on Odoo. 
And then how does that work in terms of building like a community of contributors? It's great. It makes the job fun first. It's cool to work with passionate people to get feedback, whether it's positive or negative from uh, on everything you do. So it really transformed the way you, you work because you, you are not working only for you, yourself or your own employees. You are working with people all around the world. It's very rewarding for everyone. The way it works is that uh, like managing communities online, uh, it's a lot of communication, being transparent, listening, collaborating on pull requests uh, with other developers. And, but, but it's very positive if, if you learn to do it correctly. The thing that I meant was, you know, if your usual users are not developers, how does that change the community building? It changes a lot the dynamic because our users don't care about the license. When you sell an accounting software to an accountant, it doesn't care about the license. It does probably not even know what open source is. So it's only judgment will be based on the quality of the product. Being open source is not a value for us. It's not enough. It's, it's good. Some people understand that it's better for them, but most of our customers, it's, it's not part of uh, the criteria they use when they decide which software they will use. So, you know, for us, in order to win this market, it's not about being the best open source. It's more about being the best accounting software or the best inventory management software or best project management software, whether across all the software, not only the open source ones. How do you build your community, your, your free users, and particularly build a, com a contribution ladder where some people are contributing if your core users are not developers and probably don't have the skills to contribute anyway? Yes, yeah, so our core users are not developers, not IT people, but we work with partners who are services companies all around the world who offer services on our software. And these guys are developers or IT service companies. For uh, delivering the service around the product, we work with uh, IT companies. And so you, you, you really have three parties. You have the customer, us, and the partners. And we sell to both the customer and the partners. So working with the partners helps uh, getting contribution. It's, I'm actually, I believe that Odoo is one of the biggest products in terms of contribution uh, in the world, mostly because we have 100,000 people whose job is full-time dedicated to develop features on Odoo. Because it's not uh, contributors from universities that we have. We, all, most of our contributors are developers working for a company selling Odoo. So they produce a lot of features because they are paid to do that. Wow, that's a very interesting, fabulous contribution and and also go-to-market model. Yeah, it's 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 very good. It's not always easy to manage all the tensions between the three parties. It's much easier when there is only two parties. But uh, as we learn how to, to make the gears work well together, nowadays it's, it's, it's great because everything we do is multiplied by the number of people we have. Like, I have 2,400 employees working for Do. But if we include the people working for the partners who sell or do, it's 100,000. Or we can see it in the, the other way. We develop 250 core applications on Odoo, which are the official Odoo, but partners develop 35,000 applications. So there, there is a, a big leverage that we have with the partners. Going back to our conversation about pivoting the business models, I was just curious if you could walk through like sort of the realization that you needed to pivot and then how did you actually decide that not only you needed to pivot away from where you were, but that this is the direction you needed to go? And then what did that actually entail doing? Like how, how did you turn the whole organization towards a new business model? So we did different pivots. The first one was in 2010. 
So between 2004 up to 2010, we were a service company developing features for all the customers and we were building the product based on all the features customers asked us to develop. So it was great because it was profitable as every service company. But uh, the issue we had is because we were not a software vendor, we, we didn't have a great strategy of investing in research and development and marketing. And so we ended up with a product that had, had tons of features. It was doing everything customer asked for, but it was ugly, not easy to use. And so at that time we said, okay, it's time to uh, pivot from that and launch a real research and development department where we have developers that won't work for the customer, that will work only for the product. And that will cost a lot of money. And in order to do that, we decided to stop all our services activities, which, mean, which meant at the time stopping all our revenues. And we reallocate all our developers to the R&D department. And the idea would be that we will delegate the revenues to uh, companies that we will call partners. And we will invest in the product and we will sell maintenance and support contracts. So in order to do that, we had to uh, raise money because we, we, we would cut our revenues from one day to another. So we raised 3 million of euros. And we did the pivot into a software vendor. We reallocated everyone doing a, a product in, the re, in research and development, delegated the, the service to partners, and we started to sell a maintenance contract. Initially, it, wa it worked, more or less. Uh, so we get revenue from, from the maintenance contracts, and the partners were delivering the service. After a year, most of our customers were stopping the maintenance contract. Basically, the, the product was working, and they said, why should they pay for the support? It, it, it works now. So we only had the first year, which was the very expensive one for any project, and not the, the, the other ones. So it was very difficult to finance the research and development and the marketing we needed to do on these one-shot contracts uh, with, with, with low margins to that point until 2014, 2015. And we had another issue at the time is that we, from this, during this period, we built a much easier product. The, the UX was much better. We, we invested a lot in developing a great user interface. Um, but our partners were services companies and service company, they want to sell services. So we couldn't reach the small companies because when they asked a partner, I want to use a do, they came with a 50,000, 100,000 euro offer because they are service company. All they want is to sell services. So at the time we said, okay, uh, it works with the partner for the mid-size and the large companies, but we also need to reach the smaller companies as they do become more mature and simple. And to do so, we uh, decided to launch our own direct offer, which was a cloud offer where you can just do a free trial online and use the software right away and pay a few euros uh, to use the software online. To do so, we had to do another pivot in the business model. So we raised 7.4 million of euros at the time. And it worked, more or less, but the revenues of this activity was not enough to sustain uh, the growth of Odoo because the huge cost and the huge revenues were around the partners, but the partners were not selling maintenance contracts. They basically was, were using Odoo because it was open source. And if they were service to sell to the customer, they were doing the service themselves. So the revenues were very hard to get and at least find, sustain what we had. So once we burned the 7.4 million of euro, we had to find something else. That's when we did our third pivot in the business model. And what we decided to do at the time was to say, okay, open source, fully open source doesn't work. We couldn't get uh, sustainable revenue out of that. So do an open core uh, business model where we will create a few applications that are for a fee on top of our open source products. And that's what we did. And that's where things started to work much better for us uh, because we had a real sustainable source of revenues that were recurring and very high margins, the subscription to the Odoo Enterprise offer. And it's funny because 
at the time, we had a lot of tension with the community. They were afraid that we are, were moving out of the open source business model, that we were contributing less and, and things like that. But now, uh, if I look back at what everything we did, it turns out that we contribute 10 times to 50 times more than before because we could recruit a thousand developers to develop because we had uh, sources of revenues. And so we are contributing to open source today much more than before because we switched to an open core business model. Wow, that, that makes total sense, obviously, if you're, you know, when you have some surplus, of course, you're able to contribute more. It's all about uh, how many developers you can afford to contribute more. And it's not about being 100% open source. If you are 80% open source, 20% developing proprietary features, but you have a thousand developer, uh, you can contribute to way more. And do you also contribute to other upstream projects? We use a lot of open source products and we report back uh, if we fix uh, things in this product, but I would say not a lot. We are really focusing on Odoo. Odoo is so large that and we are touching so many different applications that it's already a lot to do. Anything else that you'd like to add about your journey or what you see as the route to success with, with an open source company? One thing which maybe is noticeable is that we started in the business application, so not selling to developers and IT people. But now, uh, as we get way more mature and we are entering new markets, we are going back to and we are releasing products that are addressing more developers. Like we are trying to make an alternative product to WordPress, so a website builder and e-commerce and Shopify. And this is an area where we start working with developers because the direct customer will be uh, developers. So it's changing as we evolve. Excellent. Well, how can listeners connect with you or learn more? Uh, the best way to learn more is to test our software. Our software is really incredible. So you go on odoo.com and you can start a free trial from there. If you want to learn more about me, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, FPOdo, uh, pretty much every social network. Fabulous. All right, Fabian, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business of Open Source. If you'd like to learn more about positioning, messaging, and go-to-market for open-source and cloud-native startups, head over to my blog, positioningopensource.com. You can also join the conversation on Twitter. I'm at Emily O'Meara, and you can feel free to reach out on Twitter or on my website and blog with questions or comments. If you enjoyed this episode, also please share and help more people discover this podcast. Thank you, and we hope to have you next week.